The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, health heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, health heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, I have another close personal friend of mine. Today we have Coach Lynn Wiltshire. Um, Lynn, thanks for being here today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Tim. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm really excited. Lynn and I met a long, long time ago. If you guys just listened to, um, I think it was episode 49 with Shara Kelly, um, her husband was back working with me in the Sprout Company. Well, Lynn was like one of my uh, first clients that actually was purchasing Sprouts. We were delivering on a weekly basis because um, she had developed cancer uh, coming from corporate America. She had a lot of stress, not only with her job, but uh, with things in her family and physically. And in fact, that's what her mission is today is she's going to talk about today, which is really awesome. Uh, her coming full circle. It's just, it's an amazing story, but she's going to be sharing with you guys the awareness around these four major stressors that she believes caused her disease to manifest, what she did to heal herself, but then she slipped back into the old ways and then the disease came back and now she's back, you know, um, with, with all the, the health stuff and the things and the tactics that she did the first time and she's reclaiming her health. So Lynn, I'm really excited to have you on. This is going to be a great show. Um, sit back and listen and make sure you guys stay till the end. Um, and we're going to um, share something really special with you. All right. So Lynn, why don't you tell us where you were, where you were at, like, what kind of job did you have? What was your lifestyle like? Where were you at kind of emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually um, right prior to, you know, coming and getting diagnosed with uh, breast cancer? The second time or the first time? The first time. The first time. <laughs> well, the first time I, I was the woman that did it all. I had a young uh, boy who I was raising. I was going through a major divorce. I was a life coach and a dance instructor. I was the PTSA uh, president of my son's school. You know, I was always putting more and more into my plate, you know, like I could always do more and more and more. And all my hours were taken up. And I was, I had a relationship that I was involved in. So fast forward, I find out that I have, you know, a tumor, which led to some more in my lymph system. And, uh, yeah, it, it all kind of, it was, it was related around stress, I think. And my divorce, they say that after two years, after a traumatic incident, a lot of women will, you know, develop breast cancer, which I found was a really amazing thing in the first place. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I started interviewing a lot of women, they were telling me it's true. You know, like I went through this, I went through this, I was going through this. I had a lot of stress. I had a lot of anxiety in my life. Well, sure enough, exactly. Almost. If you wanted to pinpoint the day, two years after my divorce, not knowing where I was going to be, if I would be able to keep my home, how am I going to take care of my son? All those things were, were playing out in my life. 
So okay, so you had you had a lot going on there. So you you had this corporate job, and then that got axed, right? Yeah, that was after I was diagnosed. So oh, so that was like throwing you know gasoline on the bonfire then. Yeah. So after after that, I I, I believe that I I think for five years, I would say a good five years, I kept the protocol. I met you, what, in 2009, 2010, something like that. I, I kept, you know, juicing and uh, wheatgrass and I, I kept up the clean eating and I had a corporate job. So that all worked fine until 2014. And when that happened, there was a couple deaths in my family, lost my corporate job. So I'm thinking, I just built a house. Just Let, let's let's back up a little bit because you know leading up to that first cancer diagnosis, um, I know you had a tremendous amount of stress with your corporate job. You were raising a child. You had a tremendous amount of stress from a divorce. Right, mm-hmm. new relationship comes in that takes time and energy and effort. Um, and then, but what were you doing physically for your body as far as movement and exercise and your quality of sleep and that's, these types of things? I, you know, Tim, I never had problems with sleeping. It, it never really was part of the equation. And I was a dance instructor at that time. I was dancing four days a week. So that, that was, you know, I was, I was really working more than anything. I think it was the stress of the divorce mm-hmm. and that feeling of, I don't know, call it alienation, um, abandonment. I don't know. There, there's a lot of things now that I've kind of researched and studied that it might've been, but I remember specifically there were times going through that divorce. I would be sitting on the floor, just holding myself and just going, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to get through this? There's so much that I've got to go through. I've got to, you know, go through not only saving my house, but I've got to go through separating a business that my ex-husband and I did. We we owned a business together. So we had to dissolve that partnership somehow. Well, how am I going to be able to take care of myself and move forward? And I could just, there was times that I just felt alone. I, I didn't really share my experience with a lot of people. Um, like you said, I was, you know, leaving that relationship and a few months later, what, four months, five months later, I got into a different relationship and just tough all the way around. It, it can be really tough. So when, just on a side note, like, you know, knowing what you know now, you had, it was almost like you went through two divorces because you got a, like a divorce from your husband, but at the same time, you guys had a business together. I know that's like a divorce right there too. So it's like, it's like double stress, right? So everything you're talking about to me seems like that, that truly the possibly the root cause of this uh, breast cancer was, you know, and we'll talk about the other environmental stressors, you know, the yeah. toxins in the garbage and the water and the food in the air and all that kind of stuff. But um, that's always there for almost everybody without that awareness. But it just seems like you had a tremendous amount of stress in your life. Um, and so my question, I guess, is, is that knowing what you know now, would you have gotten into a relationship in four or five months or would you have just waited and and really focused more on yourself and gotten whole that way? Or did you feel like you were ready to do it? Uh, no, 
no, no, no, no. In fact, I actually said, no, this is not what I want. But then you're, you're kind of like, you know, my marriage was a 14 year marriage, 15 year marriage. We were together for a long time. So I was looking for some fun and some simplicity and, you know, like let go of my brain. I don't want to think about things anymore. I don't want to think about attorneys and dividing the business and getting the corporation, you know, uh, figured out. I I don't want to do that anymore. So I kind of just fell into it. But to answer your question, of course not. I didn't even know myself as the new Lynn, not married, not having that stress, being a mom, you know, I didn't, I I didn't really know myself like I know myself Mm. now, you know, and if I had to do it all again, I think I would have just stopped, really got some fantastic coaching because that's what I am. I'm a coach. I would have got a coach who would really dig, dig in, hold me responsible, hold me accountable for the things that I really want to create in my life and find my new meaning and purpose again. So, yeah, yeah, I think I jumped into it probably too soon. So health heroes, I think what we have here is like a major golden nugget that Lynn just brought to awareness here, which is um, that, you know, after you get out of a traumatic experience being like a divorce like it's 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 like it's it's one of the most traumatic things you can have especially when you guys you guys had a child together right mm-hmm. so that's even makes it more difficult you know some people don't have kids but they have a dog together that makes it that's another level of difficulty Definitely. right it's like Animals, yeah dog's mine no the dog's mine <laughs> you guys split time I, I see people today that are like splitting time with cats and dogs too <laughs> just like with children yeah you know, you know, you split a house, you split dogs, you split furniture, you split all this stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And and then the business business documents. So again, and I heard, um, if I can, I heard once that we normally go through seven major, uh, milestones in one's life. Mm -hmm. Think about it. If you go back to your history, you think about, okay, what were the, my major milestones? I went through school, maybe graduated, go to college and you graduated through that. So there's, there's graduations, but then there's marriages and then there's babies. And then there could be deaths in the family Mm -hmm. and illness and all of these things, quite a few of them came around during this time of me developing these tumors this cancer in my body, this fungus that formed in my body, you know, that my, my immune system couldn't fight it anymore because I was, you know, depleted in a lot of ways. And stress is a major depleter. Yeah. Yeah. So for you ladies out there listening, I implore you and the guys listening too, because I have my own story is that if you get out of of a divorce, make a commitment to take off at least a year and, and be by yourself and really go back and make sure you're clear on who you are and what, you know, and, and maybe you do, maybe, maybe you're like, I, I, I'm clear. I meditate every day. I know who I am. Whatever. The relationship didn't work. It was more on them and maybe you're ready, but I still think it's a good idea to take some time because I was like, I remember after, you know, I broke up with my kid's mom. I was like, I'm taking a year off. I'm not going to get into a relationship. I'm just going to focus on me and the boys. And that's exactly what I, what I thought I'd do. And then I was doing some Tony Robbins coaching, you know, his tapes and stuff back then in the day. And, and one of the things was one of the tapes was having a relationship and you actually take out a piece of paper and 
write down what you want in a partner and what you don't want. And then he's like, now that you're clear on what you want, that person will probably show up within 60 days. And I was like, well, I don't want that to happen. But guess what? It did because it created this filter. And all of a sudden uh, I met a gal and we were married for 10 years, but I had, I had rushed into that. And um, it's just, um, I, I just think it's good. It's like, if you're going to be on this planet for a while, you know, a year without a relationship is not that big of a deal, right? Even two years or three years, because having you even, you have to have that solid relationship with yourself and then bring that to the relationship. Otherwise, if you bring, um, you come into a relationship and you're broken and they come into you broken, you're going to be like vacuums trying to suck energy out of each other. And it just doesn't work. I just haven't seen it work um, ever. You know, it, people just get, they just get worn out. So anyway, I think that's the the big takeaway. So let's take a quick break. And when we get back, um, I, Lynn, I want to kind of get into um, these, uh, we'll just kind of go through these major stressors, these four major stressors that sure. um, we can bring some awareness that, okay. you know, you looking back, like, or like, this is what caused it. And then so that you guys listening can like start relating that to your life and hopefully have some new awareness and distinctions like, oh, wow, I need to really pay attention to that because I don't want that to, you know, reflect bad on my health or, or my, my happiness. So we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm health coach Tim James from chemicalfreebody.com. We're offering you a great opportunity to try our health coaching for free. So click on the get offer button to book a free 30 minute health coaching call. Also, as a thank you for booking with us, I'm going to give you this uh, free copy of our gut detox guide for you to download. This is a $67 value. You're going to love it. We use it with all our coaching clients. I use it myself. So book your health coaching call right now and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, Health Heroes, Tim James here. I'm back with my good friend, Lynn Wiltshire. Um, we're talking about uh, bringing awareness around these four major stressors in our lives that, that, that manifest disease and manifest unhappiness. Uh, Lynn's got a, a fantastic story. So Lynn, you just shared with us, you had, you, know, you had a divorce with somebody with a child, 14 year marriage, and that was very stressful. You also had a business together. You had to break the business up, more stress. You brought a relationship into your life too quickly afterwards, right? Yeah. And then you also had what else was going on on those stresses? You, there was a um, uh, some some stuff going on with your parents, right? Well, my uh, my stepfather had passed away during that time, mm. uh, and so that left my mom, who lived two hours away by herself, and so I was constantly every single day on the phone helping her with things because she started losing, you know, a little bit of her memory. And um, I was meeting her for appointments here in Portland and uh, doing her finances for her remotely over the phone. And uh, so anyway, you know, there was a death there and I'm helping her and she's trying to, to figure it out. And now if you fast forward, Tim, I was really good for about five years. I, I think that I was handling my cancer and healing my body and, and the cancer was gone within five, six years. I mean, my, my cancer markers were very good and everything was fine. However, my mom and my father started needing more help. 
And so I remember specifically having to move my dad into an assisted living uh, facility. Um, my mom. What was know, that like moving your dad in? Was there, was there resistance there from him? Uh, no, I don't think so because, you know, he had alcohol, he has alcohol induced dementia, mm. which means if, if he hadn't drank so much alcohol, he would not be having dementia. My father was a brain. He was uh, a pilot. He was an air traffic controller. The man was extremely wise, but that uh, addiction to alcohol, you know, that illness got the best of him. Yeah. And he met somebody that was a bartender and um, he got back into it. He was clean probably for 25 years, no alcohol, but trying to deal with him and take care of him by myself in his apartment was too much for me. It just was too much. And he was walking to the store and getting his own wine. And uh, so long story long, <laughs> I moved him into an assisted living and um, it actually was much better for him because the one that I found was really good for my father. It was lots of space to walk, many floors. So it, it's good for him. He walks like two miles a day, which is very healthy for him. Awesome. But, uh, well, you know, awesome. it, it's just me, you know, having to do that. You know, we don't think about that when we're younger. We don't think that there's going to come a time when we're really going to have to take care of our parents. But it is something that somebody has to do. I mean, if you ignore it, they're probably going to not be here very much longer. You know, you can ignore the fact that your parents need help, but the fact is my dad needed a lot of help. And now that he is in that facility, it has taken a load off of me. But at that time, lots of stress. Lots. You know, and this always, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's just like me getting punched in the face with just the reality of how much I see how our poor health or our poor choices that lead to poor health affect the people around us. Your, your dad, you know, with the alcohol, alcoholism and, and drinking and stuff like that. If he wouldn't have done that, most likely he'd have his brain. He'd probably be in his own house right now, taking care of himself. And absolutely, that a, no question in my mind, that was a yeah. contributing factor that created yeah. way more stress in your life that manifested your cancer to come back. Would you agree? I would, I would say that that was one of them. And then my mom, um, you know, she had an episode uh, here in town where she was falling backwards and to the right and took her to emergency and they put her into a, a rehab facility for balance. And they said, I really don't think she should be alone. Okay. <laughs> she shouldn't be alone. What do I do now? Okay. So she got we, in a car accident, right? Uh, she got hit by a car as a pedestrian oh, in yeah, 19, I don't know, 1985, something like that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And um, it caused nerve damage. Uh, and that affected a fistula, caused a fistula in her inner ear. You know, so there's a lot of balance problems anyway. But, you know, she couldn't live by herself anymore. I think the dementia, she has Alzheimer's dementia. And so that started getting a little bit worse, and a little bit worse. And so we took a year to clean up her place. I think you and I've talked about this many times, Tim, 
you know, when you have the elderly and they've lived in a facility for 20 years or their home for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, whatever, and they've accumulated all that stuff in their house and sheds and pole barns and, you know, everything else. It's like that stuff has to be gone through and you have to do something with it, right? It all has to be touched by hand. (laughs) Yeah, nobody's going to come in there and just do it. They don't like getting rid of anything. It's that Great Depression uh, mentality. Like my mom and dad, Yes. I'm like, please, just please don't ever die. Because <laughs> we, we have a farm. It's the same thing. There's multiple barns. And oh, my God, I my dad's equipment and everything. It's like I, I have to spend two years just living there, uh, turning it into yeah. an auction house or something. Just to It took it. us a year to get it all cleaned up and ready for sale. And it just happened to work really great. A person a mile away wanted to buy the house. And so it or it worked out just fine. But now she lives with me. So, you know, now I have that I'm a caretaker of an aging person with Alzheimer's dementia. So, you know, again, like one of the things that I wanted to talk about is just that mental, emotional piece that is. And that, that was number one on your list. Yeah, it was really number one because, you know, you think at the beginning, I, I can do this. That's not going to be a problem. You know, she's so helpful in ways and she so is, but you're still a caretaker. You're a caretaker. That means that, you know, every day during the day, I'm taking care of basically um, an adult child, you know, uh, as long, you know, I get her her food. Um, I make sure she takes her showers. I make sure that she is busy using her brain and, you know, doing puzzles or whatever it is that I want her to do during that day. But, you know, I'm her voice. I'm her words. I'm her, you know, what do I do now? And uh, so that it's a it's a big commitment. Yeah. So really what happens to you when you have just just to point something out for people that are not or haven't dealt with somebody with Alzheimer's or dementia. My grandfather had Alzheimer's. It was horrible. Um, his body was physically fine, but the mind was gone. And um, I, I don't wish that on anybody. So a day in the life of Lynn, um, you're caretaking your mom 24 seven. What's it like when you just want to get out of the house and, and you leave her here for just a short time, just to run to the bank or go to the grocery stores or do something can you explain the downsides of when you're dealing with that, like phone calls and just explain that? Yeah. I, you know, it, it's, a, it's a chance for me to be alone. I, I'm a person that is a very social person. I love my relationships. I love being around people, but I also like my alone time and I don't get that. There, there's no alone time. So when I do go do like something for myself, like go to the grocery store or the bank or, <laughs> you know, go get a massage or something um, for my own health. The phone will ring probably no less than about five times, eight times. Um, Just recently, my mom called me crying because she was just, she couldn't get a hold of me. And where I was, my phone wasn't getting service. That's, Mm -hmm. that was the issue, but she called me crying. So there's never a time that I'm not thinking about taking care of her or Mm -hmm. thinking about what her needs are or what I might come back to, you know, like there was one time I came back and I could hear as I was unlocking the door, she was screaming at the top of her lungs and I didn't know what she was screaming about, but probably fear. There's a, there's a lot of fear in their mind because they're not the same, right? They're losing 
their memory and their sense of self and their sense of independence. We have to also think about that. I, 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 I find myself constantly putting myself in her position all the time. I'm thinking, you know, what is it that I would want if I was in this situation or what is, what is it that I would need, you know, at this moment in time? So I do think about that quite often, but there's really never a time <laughs> that I'm alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So again, you know, it's like that, that mental emotional st stress that we have, um, it can come in the form of relationships um, and, uh, th that includes relationship with yourself, relationship with a spouse, relationship with, uh, um, a child, um, especially if you have like an, a special needs child, autistic, or if you have a relationship with a parent and then all of a sudden they become basically special needs mm -hmm. and require your time. And I always know it's like, God, when I, when I deal with this, a lot of times the parents have, you know, you brothers and sisters, you know, they have a bunch of kids and, there's usually one kid that ends up taking 80 to 90% of the burden on. And the other ones are either across the country. They would help, but their whole family's in New Hampshire. And, you know, you're, we're, Absolutely. We're, you know, there's that kind of stuff. Not that they're bad people or anything like it's just, it is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. and so somebody ends up wearing it and those people end up, I know, cause I've coached enough people, whether you're taking care of a spouse that's aging with a problem like this or a parent, you start to age very quickly because it's a tremendous amount of stress. That's why it's so important to create a tremendous amount of awareness around this emotional stressors, this mental emotional stressors. And you have to have things in place, a very good, I think a very good meditation practice, breath work, mm. and a constant um, reminder of, of living a stressless life and not getting upset because you have to repeat yourself, especially if somebody has a hearing issue uh, maybe and she does. She also has a hearing issue, right? So I'm, I'm having to like make sure that I'm right there talking with her so she can see my lips, you know, plus the fact she might not always get what I'm saying, you know, and I have mm -hmm. to speak slower. So there's a lot of that. You know, what you're bringing up, Tim, is very interesting because, um, you know, when I did find out last year that uh, that I did have cancer again, um you know, I did not have a sense of alignment. And I told you that for about five years, I was damn good. I was like, by the book, free range, gluten-free, you know, kangen water. I was doing a lot of things to heal my body. And then I got into um, a new relationship that didn't eat like me. I'm still vegetarian, but most vegetarians have a lot of carbs and a lot of crappy stuff that's in their like food pasta and crackers oh my gosh i was doing it all right and i was going to tofu you know uh it, i love thai food right so mm -hmm. thai food with um tofu not healthy right mm -hmm. we're going to sushi every once in a while just not healthy choices and you know being in alignment means that every part of my day now is in alignment with what I ultimately want to be and become and what I'm creating in my life. Being in alignment means that when you want to say no, it's a no. When you want to say yes, it's a yes. You really do understand your non-negotiables and what's really important in your life. And I've had to have conversations with my, you know, family, my, my, 
partner. I've had to talk to him about things. I've had to talk about things with my mom and sit her, set her down and say, this doesn't work for me. I need you to work on this, you know, because I am healing my body right now. So there's a lot of people in my, in my field of um, recognition, including yourself, that, you know, my, my team of people that I have surrounding me know my needs. That's being in alignment with myself. And I, and I think that um, I kind of touched upon it, but it's the negative talk that you're not communicating that also can cause illness in the body. I believe that we all start with a hundred Watts of energy every single day. You know, we are given, God gives us a hundred Watts of energy and we got 25 Watts going over here to our family and 10 Watts going over here to groceries and, and utilities and bills. And then we've got that clutter that we never have gotten to. And it's just driving you nuts. And that takes up another 15 um, percent of your wattage. And then you got another 50 to your relationship that's going down the tubes because none of you are happy. Neither one of you are happy. You're not communicating and that's taking up energy. And by the end of every single day of your life, you've used up 120 25 watts. Well, what does that do? It, it's got to go somewhere, right? So it kind of goes back into our bodies, I believe, in the form of a headache, just a slight headache that could grow and grow and maybe going down the neck into the back. And then maybe you got these digestive issues, irritable bowel syndrome starts mm -hmm. happening. And we've just used up too much energy because we're not in alignment. And that self-talk, that negative self-talk that we're constantly telling us, well, if only I had that, you know, or if he'd do that, or if she would do that, I would feel better. You know, it's like that is causing my issues. You know, I'm stressed out and, and I have whatever's going on, money issues, financial stress, you know, that all and you start talking it and you replay it. It is a program that you've programmed your mind to think over and over again. That is not center. That's not in alignment with your body. You're way off of center if that starts happening. Way off of center. That's why I got this book and I use it all the time. I read it all the time. The power of now to kind of be the thinker of my thoughts. I mean, Eckhart Tolle is pretty good. Yeah, because what you're just describing is like it's about, you know, the negative self-talk is a really low frequency, disempowering way of being. Yeah. Like waiting for somebody else to change. Waiting yeah. for to hear back from this specialist and maybe they can help me. No, it's like I, I just like what can you do right now, right now, right now? What can you do? For yourself what can you do for your health what can you do for that relationship hey if you're not communicating properly it's like hey hey buddy or hey lady <laughs> like we need to sit down we have to have we need to have an open conversation because you're important to me hopefully i'm important to you and i'm feeling out of alignment personally and it's affecting our relationship and i need your help and, we and need that's taking responsibility Mm -hmm. What you're talking about is responsibility. You're taking 100% responsibility for the things that are out of alignment in your life. And communication is part of it, yeah. and which is part of the reason I probably got here. You know, not probably. It definitely is. You know, yeah. not having clear, concise, because a confused mind says no. If, if you're confused, then you wander off or you do something else or you stop or you just resist. 
the communication can open the door to growth and more communication can help you get even closer together. And that's one of the things that I had to do with my partner is like, say, okay, well, you're part of the problem. He's just thinking, yeah, I, I, I'm nothing, you know, I love you. And I, I just love you, love you, love you. And I give you attention and I'm thinking, no, you're part of the problem. There's, there's, you know, I'm being sucked dry of my energy because I've got so much energy and I'm alive and I've got this big, huge life. I'm not giving to myself. So taking 100% responsibility is meaning that I had to take part of the blame of that because it takes two people to play that, right? So somebody thinks that they're doing okay and this person over here is just thinking about it in their mind. This person's just showing the love that they have, but this person's thinking it's not working for me. Until you get that into verbal form, until you communicate that and you talk between two people, it's not going to go anywhere because both people are not getting what they need and what their love language is. Yeah, meeting those needs. So it looks like I know you have these four major stressors, but like it's it's the, most of the conversation is all about the emotional mental, right? Because it's such, I mean, we're, cause we're emotional beings again on the last episode with Shara, she brought this whole thing up of it. It's all about, she's like, I just, she kept coming back like four times during the podcast. She just kept back and saying, I think it was emotional, emotional, emotional. The cancer was emotional, emotional. She just kept coming it back. To, she lived through that with her husband. I think, I think cancer is a mental disease. If I was really going to tell you where cancer comes from, I really do believe it can start in the mind. Not to say that genetics isn't part of it, but if you understand the field of epigenetics and Bruce Lipton and, and so many other people that are talking about it, that's only a part of it. 35% is your genetics. 65% is up to us. And I was, I lived as a child growing up with cancer on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. I went to my first funeral at six years old. My sister died when I was 11 years old. She died at 21 of cancer. All of my aunts and uncles died of cancer. My mom is the last one left. There was seven of them or eight of them. My grandmother died of breast cancer. My great grandmother died of breast cancer. So all through my life, all I heard is, cancer runs in our family. And I remember when I got cancer the first time I said, mom, what do you think you're going to die of? And she said, probably cancer like the rest of my family, just as if it's something that is just plagued on a family, right? Like right. diabetes or heart disease It's like, what really? And I said, uh, -uh. I said, I'm not dying of cancer, mom. I just wanted to let you know the buck stops here. Sins of our forefathers. I'm starting this. I'm stopping this. Excuse me. Right. Right. And I'm not going to send this off to my son. My son is not going to grow up with a family dynamic that is cancer ridden. That is a mental thing. It's a program in the mind. And so, and then they say it skips a generation and I've had my genetics testing and I know that I have one gen, I don't know, some kind of a gene that's off that can be a precursor to cancer, but I'm not her too positive or negative or whatever that is. And I don't have the BRCA gene. I don't have all that, but I really think that cancer is a mental thing because my mind never shut up. My mind 
never shut up. I'm constantly talking and wronging things, wronging people, not not making them wrong in the fact that I don't like them or that that uh, you know I can't work with them, but just like this problem wouldn't exist if this wasn't happening. And I had to like be the observer of my mind and say, whoa, stop. How am I making this worse? Right. I I had to be the observer watching myself get into this dialogue with myself. I know that that's really strange, but when you can really take yourself out of a situation and out of the dialogue and catch yourself before you start that thought, before you get that program, before you even have that and you can say, I feel it coming on. I'm going to step back here and I'm going to change that thought. I'm going to change my thinking. And I'm going to say, what is it that I can take responsibility for right now? And what is it that I want in this moment? Awesome. That's, that's such a great point. So let's do this. We'll take another quick break. When we get back, I kind of want to bang through because that okay. was kind of the nature of the talk was the four major stressors. So we'll go through, we've really hammered down probably one of the most important ones, which is the emotional component. When we get back, we'll knock out the stressor number two, three, and four. We'll be right back. You want the absolute best for yourself and you want it to be easy. That's why we created Green 85. It helps with detoxifying the body gently We're proud it's chemical-free, unlike almost all other supplements you'll find. Bottom line, Green 85 will get you healthier. We look forward to hearing what Green 85 did for you. To get this product and our other amazing products, go to chemicalfreebody.com. That's chemicalfreebody.com. Well, howdy doody, health heroes. Tim James here. I'm back with my good friend, Lynn Wiltshire, and we're now going to cover the rest of those major stressors that um, that led to uh, what she believes um, was manifesting cancer in her life um, twice, right? Because she knew what to do. She got the awareness. She changed her life. The cancer went away, and then the awareness slipped those habits, those poor things came back. These stressors came back in her life and probably a couple more, some big ones. And the cancer came back. The awareness came back for her again. And now she's back on that healing journey. So Lynn, we talked about a lot about the mental emotional with, with relationships and, you know, and not living in alignment with your true self. Um, So let's just talk briefly about number two, which was the environmental ones. Yeah. Well, I I think that's, huge. And then that's the first step. That was the very first step. When I found out that um, I had cancer, my first call was to my son, but the second call was get water in my house. And I didn't have a Congan water machine, but you know, thanks to the kick-ass water gal, Danusha, right? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I called my friend that had a Congan water machine. So I, I, I physically knew that the water was very, very important because that's what I was doing before when I healed myself is is water. I knew that uh, detoxing my home, one of the first things I did was clean out my pantry. It was like spotless. There was nothing in there that had sugar. Sugar feeds the cancer. I knew from past experience that I had to get all sugar 
all processed foods out of my pantry. My uh, refrigerator was gone through impeccable, you know, like it's, it was cleaned to the nth degree. There was nothing in there um, that had uh, chemicals, toxins um, in it. What about uh, shampoos and soaps and personal care products? Oh, huge. You know, like just learning about the phthalates and learning about all the chemicals. Like I, I just, just this week, was looking through um, toothpaste, right? And I was noticing all the warning labels for kids under six on a toothpaste label. Do people really get that if you're putting something in your mouth, even as an adult, why would it have a warning label? It's because it's poison, right? So of course, like I went to Hippocrates Health Institute last June, and they had a class, Tim, uh, I, I'm sure that you took it when you went there too, but one of the classes was, would you eat what you put on your face? Well, your hair's skin, you know, your face is skin. Most of us know that this is our largest order. I mean, we couldn't even, organ, we couldn't even keep our blood vessels and our bones in without this barrier, this skin. It's the largest breathing organ and I went to that class and they actually could eat the shampoo or eat the facial, you know, moisturizer or whatever, because it's all oils or plant-based, you know? Yeah. People uh, forget about that. So it has to be, it's the same thing they taught me back in 2010, again, in 2012 and 2013 when I was there, which was if you, if it, if it goes on your skin, on your body, it's the same as consuming it. So the rule of thumb was, is if you can't eat it, don't touch it. Don't put it on your body. And that's a very simple rule. I mean, think about it. Like if you're out in nature, it's okay to roll around in the dirt, but if there's poison ivy, you probably don't want to put that on you. So why would you put, you know, sodium lauryl sulfate based shampoo on your body when you know that's a known carcinogen now? I didn't know it, but when I came back home, guess what? Sodium lauryl sulfate was the main ingredient in my shampoos and conditioners and and then, you know, I had the harmful swallow toothpaste. I'm like, damn it. You know, I'm like, everything that I had had toxic chemicals in it. So I, my, the environment, which is what we're talking about here today, guys, is so important because that's that epigenetics piece that Lynn was talking about. You know, we all have healthy cells, but if they're exposed to things that are known carcinogens, the cell will then mutate and then cause an abnormality. So like it's, you know not headline news if you think about it, but why don't we just clean up our environment? And that environment, we talked about earlier, how we think, the mental, emotional, clean up the relationships. But now we're talking about the environmental. Make sure that anything that you put on your skin, your shampoos, your toothpaste, your makeup, ladies, hair dyes, any of these things, it clothing. What are you wearing your clothing? Is your clothing in natural fibers or is it synthetics that are off-gassing these estrogen mimic chemicals that lead to breast cancer? Yeah, and that's that that was a big one. Dr. Clements from um, the Hippocrates Health Institute, you know, he went through all the steps. Like I had a conversation with him and he said, are you doing this? How's your food intake? How's your water? How's your that, that? And he got to the mental emotional. And then he said, what are you wearing next to your body? Meaning mostly the breast and, you know, your, your uh, hormonal places, men and women, like what is touching it? If it has nylon and polyesters and these estrogen mimickers, you, that is 
absolutely 100% you've got to get it away because it's causing cancer. So I, I purchased, you know, new bras, new panties. And, um, you know, so I have pure organic, 100% cotton or bamboo um, underwear now that touch my body because that is a big one. Yeah, Huge. you see, and people, normal people, decent people are going through life, they're busy, they're raising kids, paying bills, doing their thing, taking vacations. There's no, they don't teach us this stuff in school. The teachers don't know it. They're all wearing all the synthetics and the polyesters, and it's all about a fashion show and all this stuff. And and the reality is, is that we're actually putting stuff on our body that's leading to weakening our immune system. And, but we don't know about it. I didn't I think about it. I went through my life for 37 years completely clueless on synthetic clothing. And I had a ton of it, especially in baseball. When, when we stopped wearing cotton long sleeve shirts, when they came out with the, the Nike dry fit and the Under Armour stuff, because it was freaking awesome. It was tight, but it, it didn't get in your way and it would wick the, the sweat off. And you could just wear one shirt throughout the whole baseball game instead of having like on a hot day, change the shirt and put on a new one. Cause you soaked the cotton, you know, and it was all sticky and heavy. So, but cool thing is, is that, that's where innovation comes. Now there's companies coming out like Task Performance Wear, like um, Pact, P-A-C-T. Uh, yeah. Is there any companies that you you recommend for women for bras or the panties? or um, Pact is one of them. That That's the one that I did. But I just found one at Natural Grocers here in um, Oregon. And uh, the name of it, I want to say, was Yo, Go, Yo, something. I, I don't know that answer. Yeah. But uh yeah, that, that's really nice one because it's super soft material and it was made of bamboo or it's like 85% bamboo. And um, I really like the fee- feeling of that and breathable, um, the breathingness of that. But I never knew, like what you just said, it's off-gassing. Like our environment is off-gassing all the time. Well, what does off-gassing mean? It, like the plastics and the paint on our walls and the carpets and the clothes we wear, it's constantly off-gassing. And if this is a breathing organ that is absorbing all these things, of course it's going to absorb because we're constantly sweating and opening up those pores. It's soaking that stuff in, which is ultimately going into our bloodstream, just as if we've eaten it, mm-hmm. you know, like no, off-gassing. No liver no to, to filter it. Right? Yeah. 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 So, okay. So that's, you know, environmental, we're talking about, you want clean air, clean water, clean food, clean personal care products. And yeah. then, you know, there's also the electromagnetic frequencies. I mean, yeah. EMF. what have you done to protect yourself from EMFs, dirty electricity, solar panels, all that kind of stuff? Well, yeah. And that I didn't even know. You think solar panels, well, I'm going to be, you know, saving the environment and blah, blah, blah. But then you talk to a person that really understands solar power and how that can really radiate EMFs. Um, so what I, I'm doing is I wear this HHI pulse that I got at uh, Hippocrates. Mm-hmm. This gets rid of about 98% of the EMFs. And then I, you that's know, a have, necklace. yeah, that's a necklace. And then I've got my bracelet. And then I also have um, rocks that I sleep with that are surrounding my body that are also, um, you know, putting that barrier through those EMFs. And I always keep my phone off and a distance away from me. But I didn't even know that until 2020. I didn't really get 
what EMFs were and this 5G thing, you know, that, that, that has come upon us. 5G is like the culprit and it's basically microwavable warfare. It was used in World War One as microwavable warfare. Like they could blow up things from the inside out and now they're bringing it, it to us. We have to protect ourselves. Did it a lot of research around it and- yep. You know, if that's going to cause cancer, I'm I'm blocking it. But I'm just telling all my and friends and family. It. Yeah. So, you, but you didn't think you're going to be sleeping with rocks. <laughs> yeah, and and one of your gifts. I oh my gosh, I forgot about this. You gave me an earthing mat. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. So now I sleep on an earthing mat, which is grounding me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's helping me. Rocks are helping me, and. Yeah, just so people are listening, no, these are these are these are called Tesla rocks. They're they're putting these little carrot Faraday cage bags. They're from a company, uh, the owner, a buddy of mine, Justin Franson, who's a health geek like me, um, and he, you know, fell into this, and that's one of his passions. He helps people block them, and his company's called EMFRocks.com. It's down below in the description if you want to you know, neutralize the effects of 5G that are coming into your area, the cell phone towers, um, the dirty electricity in your home, just from your electric out- outlet. You know, a lot of people don't, I have an EMF tester over here and and it also does dirty electric and all this other stuff. And I can get within three foot of an electrical socket and then it starts making a noise. And if I get really close to it, it goes so I can go in and out with this thing. And the closer I get to the electrical socket, it's pumping out some dirty electricity well think about it is your child's head or your head sleeping within three foot of an electrical socket well most people's are your body is you're constantly being zapped and your cells are being messed around with basically and it's not good so there's some awareness right you get awareness and then you take action about it yeah you take these little things you can plug in to your wall so that you can still plug stuff into them but they they neutralize that negative frequency. So you're not jacking yourself up. So, mm-hmm. all right. So that was number two was environmental. Um, that was a big one. Very big one. Three was yeah. your uh, big stressor was physical. And I guess this one's a, the physical one for you is like not being physical. Well, and I've been physical my whole life. I, I have been a dance instructor since I was 12 years old. I've mm-hmm. danced my whole life professionally and uh, yeah. And then I stopped. There was another thing that happened. You know, I got so busy with my corporate job and raising my child and, and doing all this that I, I couldn't be dancing anymore. And so I stopped that. Um, I, I, I was a black belt in Taekwondo and I had to stop that because I got plantar fasciitis and my leg just, bro- or my bottom of my foot just broke off. So I stopped dancing, stopped Taekwondo. And I'm like going, okay, that lack of energy, that lack of sweating, that lack of exercise, did it contribute to this sedentary lifestyle? Yes, it did. Because I stopped everything that I loved doing before that I, you know, was exerting energy and cancer came back, right? Did you notice that as soon as you stopped exercising, looking back, that your stress levels went up? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah, d- definitely. It's, it's, it's just a sedentary lifestyle. It's almost like you know, you're not even taking a step 
towards moving your body. Our bodies were meant to, to move. I'm a dancer. It's like, that's a natural part. Doesn't matter what kind of dance you do, whether it's lyrical, jazz, tap, ballroom dancing, whatever it is, our bodies were supposed to move and stretch. And I think the more flexible that we are and the more we use our breath, the healthier we can be. And it's amazing to me, stopped all that and my body went toxic and how fast my body could spring back mm-hmm. after not doing it for like five years. Yeah. Well, I danced from the time I was 10 up to the time that I stopped, you know, five years ago. So it's, it's amazing. You know, now, now I would not, not do it. Now I've yeah. taken on so many things for my physical body. Um, I, I do yoga now. I took on a practice of yoga, 90 minute yoga, hot yoga. Um, I do HBOT therapy, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I bought an oxygen chamber. Could I afford that? No, but sometimes you just have to take a leap of faith. Sometimes you take a leap of faith and the universe supplies you back. Mm-hmm. And I bought a, a beautiful oxygen chamber that they have just like at the Hippocrates health Institute. I have an infrared sauna. Now I have a Vibratrim machine. Um, I rebound every single day. There's so many things now that I would not, not do because my body you, you've is completely, loving. you've, you've, you've got the physical handled now. And I think that's really an important point. And then the last part, which is a big one that uh, you wrote down here, just to finish up here, um, is the spiritual, yeah. you know, being clear on your purpose. Um, your, you know, I call it following your highest excitement. You know, some people, um, they might be thinking, you know, what, what is my purpose? Why am I even here? They, they feel like, yeah. What would you say to somebody that's like, doesn't feel like they even like, what's the point? You know what I mean? They've kind of given up and they're like, why am I here? Because I firmly believe that if you're here, you're here for a reason. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. So what, what how would you talk to somebody? That's well, I think that that's really important. It, it's, um, you know, I'm a life and business coach. And one of the first things that I'll do with every single person is Um, find out their top 10 to 12 values. Like what do they value? What lights them up? What puts a smile on their face? It's kind of like your true North. Um, You can find out your, your best days and your worst days when you are either honoring or not honoring your core set of values. And I think having meaning and purpose to your life. Sometimes we think, well, just because we're a mother or just because I work you know, 40 hours a week at such and such place that I, that I don't have meaning in my life, but it's also relationships that you're building along the way and what you're giving. I I remember many, many years ago, um, reading an article about a boy with down syndrome, and he just wanted to make things better for his customers. And what he ended up doing is he would type up little sayings, little positive sayings. And everybody that came through his line, he was a bagger at a check stand. He would slip this motivational thing into their bag as they walked out the door. And that was his gift to give to people, right? Well, the the person that that uh, was the manager of the store kind of looked around and they said, well, there's like seven different people that he people could go, but they were going to go through this boy's line. I mean, this is the only line they wanted to go through because they wanted to get the special insight for the day or the motivational thing for the day. And I thought 
that's beautiful, which moved into the meat department. And the meat department says, well, what can I do? And so they put a stamp, a smiley face on every meat that went through the meat department. So this store just started getting all this stuff. So it doesn't matter what you do. They were connecting. They were, they were connecting and building and building and building. And, and just every single customer that went through this store had this experience. So it's, it's what you can give as an experience to the people in your life. That can bring you meaning. But purpose for me came in the form of me having an illness, right? And not like looking at it like it was a death sentence, but rather saying, what can I learn from this? I'm here again and I'm doing this and I want to help other people not have fear, right? Fear can stand for... Um, uh, face everything and rise or fear everything and run. And I'm not fearing this like it's going to kill me. I'm facing this like I want to learn all the aspects of how to heal the body naturally, organically, and teach others. And it's about prevention. For me, my meaning and purpose has come like, how do I help other people prevent this from happening in their own life? Not that it wouldn't happen in somebody's life, but when I went to downtown, I went to um, my surgeon and I walked into this place. And I kid you not, Tim, this Breast Health Northwest Center was beautiful, tall ceilings. I, I, they had to be 25 feet tall. The desk alone, the front desk was like 40 feet long. There were rows and rows and rows of offices on all sides. This is something that they do nonstop all day long. Breast cancer, breast cancer, breast cancer. Why is it such a pandemic? You want to talk about pandemic. The pandemic is that women do not know how they're even getting this and stepping into it because we're not educated. And so my purpose here is to go through this, have the disease, figure out how to heal myself and then teach people how not to have it in the first place, because yeah. it is the clothing. It is your mind. It is the mental aspect. It is your physical, emotional, environmental. It, it's all of that. And we get so complacent about it and we're never taught, you yeah. know, it, doctors are not teaching us this kind of thing. So that's my purpose and my meaning in my life from tragedy. Well, Lynn, that's awesome. I really want to thank you for taking time to come on the show today and sharing. Um, I think these, just to recap, the the four major stressors were the mental, emotional, which can, you know, subcategories, relationships, not feeling in alignment with your true nature. Um, number two was environmental stress, making sure you have clean air, water, food, personal care products, and staying away from the EMS, the dirty electricity, and then make sure you neutralize that stuff. Number three, the physical stressors, which would... Uh, you know, some of that comes from environmental, but in your case, it was not moving your body and getting back to movement so that your body could thrive and you could deal with stress better because we all have stress, but when you're exercising and moving the body, it just, you just have better days the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And you're actually moving, you know, from my side point, you're moving that lymphatic system, which is helping the garbage removal yeah, system true. in your body, yeah. get the crap out that we bioaccumulated. And the number four, the spiritual stress not knowing your purpose, not being clear on who you are, feeling connected to God and having that connection with others um, is so important. Um, so those are really powerful things. And I told you guys in the beginning to hold on to them because I had a special gift for you and I do. So what is that special gift? Well, that special gift is just um, 
a little word of advice. And that is, and it's so important, put yourself first. There's the special gift. I've talked about this so much. Um, probably had it in multiple podcasts. I talk about it all the time in my coaching program. I talk about it all the time in conversations with people. When I get interviewed on a podcast, usually they say, well, Tim, what's the one thing that you would you know, share with somebody? And I'm like, you got to put yourself first. You have to. You have to put yourself first because if you don't, especially if you have children, they're watching you. And if you're not putting yourself first, you're, you're modeling that to them. And then they're going to be in your shoes in 10, 20, 30 years. And then they're going to be falling apart and having a wheel fall off with their health or having emotional problems because they didn't put themselves first. They put themselves last. They put everybody else first until they literally crashed and burned. And now they're trying to pick themselves up and then they can't help anybody. So I, I say this all the time, like what's more important, me or my children? It's me. I'm more important. And people think that's terrible and selfish, but because I, you know, 10 years ago, I said, my kids are more important to me. I'll, I'll take a bullet from them. No, I'll still take a bullet for my children. No question. I'll do it. I will jump in front of a bullet for my kids because I love them so much, but I love myself and I put myself first because I love my children so much. I know that the best chance for them to do that is for me to do it, for them to model what I do. And I tell them, I'm like, I'm number one in my life. And I want you guys to do the same thing. You're going to have relationships that come into your life. You're going to have I have two boys. You're going to have these women that come in. And um, you still need to put yourself first for, for, for her and for your future children. Because you want to set an example. You want her to put herself first. And then you guys come together. And then you make that third. You're creating that third person, basically. That relationship is the, is the, the union of the two. But you still have your separate selves strong, putting yourself first, but then you decide to come together and that type of relationship. Wow. There's some power there. And what a great, um, an example you can leave for your children. If you just simply put yourself first, um, Lynn, if you'd like to expand on that at all and your point of view on, on putting self first and how important it is. Um, I think life. it's also your spiritual walk with whatever you believe. And my, my walk with God is, is really at the center of everything for me and my meditations, um, now my breath work, my meditations, my reading, um, and, and just to, to clarify what you were saying about putting yourself first, if you don't put yourself first, there is no reserve. I have found that I get more done in my day and I'm able to give to my relationships, whether it is my child or my relationships with my friends and family and my mom or taking care of my father or their financial picture. When you have a reserve, which means that you've put some energy away, you've gotten ahead of the game. You're not just going through the motions daily, 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 but you have done the physical work. You've taken care of your body. You've put in, you've put great food, energized, live ingredients in your body, which is feeding your cells, and you are exercising and you're sweating and you're doing those things, there's this thing called reserve that you just feel like I've done something for myself. Mm -hmm. I did put myself first. Yeah. And so now I'm willing to give more of me to something else. Absolutely. You know, it's like your bank account. If you're not putting you know, money in and depositing money, and you're just depleting it, depleting it, depleting it, you're going to be financially distraught. So it's the same gonna, thing about the energy in yourself. 
I'm glad you brought up the word God too, because I want to clarify something for the listeners too. Like, so, um, cause a lot of people are like, no, I put God first. So just so I'm clear, we're clear here. Um, I believe that we are all God and we were all connected. So there's a, in my mind, it's like, God is the higher power. He, she, it, whatever you want to call it. You could, it could be Jesus. It could be uh, Buddha. I mean, you could call it whatever you want, but there's a general a united consciousness that we're all a part of. So I believe that we are all God, right? So when I say I'm putting myself first, I'm literally saying I'm putting God first as well, because we are all connected to God. Okay. Just to be clear. So that's it for this episode, Lynn. Thanks again so much. And if somebody would like to get coached by coach Lynn, who, and think about this, like uh, great lady, corporate got out of the corporate stuff, loves coaching, loves education, gets cancer, heals herself, lets it slide, comes back the second time. She's on her second round of healing herself. And you are still coaching people. I've seen you coaching people all day long. You've got the energy. You're te- you, you do your routines in the morning. If you want to get involved and get coached by somebody that's in the middle of healing themselves with cancer, maybe you have cancer yourself or you know somebody that does or somebody that's dealing with any type of a health issue um, or you want to grow your business too because she does business coaching as well and you don't want to get cancer or get sick, uh, Coach Lynn would be a good um, person to hire. So Lynn, how do they reach out to you if they would like to um, you know, get a free coaching session with you? I think the best thing is probably just to uh, text me. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Can I give that over your Yeah, podcast? go ahead. And I'll put, okay. it in the, I'll put it in the description. What's your phone yeah. number? Uh, 503-380-0712. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. 503-380-0712. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So guys, feel free to reach out. I'll put that and I'll drop that in the show description. And again, thank you, everybody, our, our, our worldwide audience listening around all over the place. We thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you like this episode, um, leave some comments, share it with your friends and family. I hope it made an impact on your life. And again, with these podcasts, just like in my private coaching program, group coaching, if there's just one thing that you listened to today that, that it really resonated with you, Take that thing and take some action on it and put it into practice and see how it can change and manifest in your life. And then, you know, because we dropped a lot of stuff today, but the key is just simplifying life. Don't be overwhelmed with everything. Find one thing, put your time and effort into it, get some results, make it a habit. So it's autopilot, just like, you know, you know, riding a bicycle after a while and then go to the next thing and then get that habit down and then go to the next. Keep this add, 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 add in the good stuff to your life. And the stuff that's not serving you, the so-called negative or bad stuff, that's just contrast, that stuff will just release from your life. And it's a beautiful thing. So thanks so much. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll be back very soon. Good day. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening again to The Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James.